Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. And now without further ado, here is... My coughing partner, Dr. History. Good morning, Zeb. Hi, buddy. What a nice day out there. Sun oh, shining. Yeah. Farms are looking good. I love to see the farm ground. I love this time of the year. Yeah. I really do. And uh, now we've covered the last couple of weeks a lot about cattle drives and stampedes and uh, don't uh, stick your finger into the bowl that Cookie's cooking for supper that <laughs> night. And uh, what are we going to talk about this morning? We're going to pretend like you and I are just stepped off the boat from Europe, and we're going to head west, uh-huh. and what we need is a wagon. Uh-oh. So, Conestoga wagon? Or well, what? we're going to talk about that. Oh. So you got to decide which one you want when we get done here. Well, how much money have I got? Well, that's that's a factor. Oh, okay. <laughs> that is. Right. You might be walking. All right. <laughs> but before we get going, i got to mention uh, one of our listeners, guy in Burley named Ken Craig is one that uh, you mentioned a while back that you were collecting old toy guns. I am, and I really thank you for that. Yeah, that is a unique little gun, isn't it? Yeah, you know what, and and I've had some people send me, and here's the deal, so everybody knows. I'm making something very special for my office, and I'd like to find some of the old, old cap guns or guns like the Hopalong Cassidy or the G. Autry or the Roy Rogers and that type of thing, and if they have them, I don't care if they're they're broken up or anything i'll take them uh the old 50 60 year old cap guns i'd sure like to have yeah. some well thank ken craig because he just found this one in the dirt and gave it to me and said give that to zeb he found that in yeah the dirt. yeah oh so anyway all right so here we go we're gonna head west but uh we kind of need uh, horses and wagons or oxen or whatever we need so Actually, there were guidebooks written expressly for Western pioneer immigrants, which described the useful wagon features. But, you know, the test of a wagon and team was really the trip itself. And sad to say, a lot of them did not make it. I mean, we don't see that part of it. But the rate of failure for wagons made of sometimes unseasoned wood ran as high as 22 out of 26 wagons. So you might be in a wagon train and... 22 out of the 26 don't even hardly get halfway here. So in other words, they were made of faulty material? Right, yeah. Really? So they just kind of fell apart. How would a person fresh off the boat in this country, how would they know if they're getting took or not? That is the question. So if you go walking down the street and you see... Uh, Big Al's used wagons, you might want to say, uh, okay, give me the Carfax on that one. Well, now, really, yeah. though, when you think about it, uh, when they went to, like, St. Louis, right? okay, and they were going to buy a wagon to go west, young man, Yes. how would they know? Well, and that they did have these guidebooks that kind of told them. Really? So, uh, so uh, let's take a look at this, okay? There was a number of different styles and makes of wagons uh, available to the family moving west. Now, contrary to popular belief, not all covered wagons were Conestogas. Conestogas. In fact, not many true Conestogas are used out west. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't know that. So, okay. So, Studebaker. I've okay, heard of that. Espenscheid. Okay. I and think I was talking to Ray Bagby one time, and he told me that name. Yeah, Espenscheid yeah. and Murphy. I haven't heard that Murphy one. Murphy wagons. So uh, the immigrant or the Western wagon, a lot of times actually were just converted farm wagons. Really? Yeah. 
And uh, there was another wagon. They called it the Schlutter or Shuttler wagon, but nobody wanted to risk riding in something that was built by convicts being paid 25 cents a day. Yeah, might be a little risky. <laughs> yeah. So what makes a covered wagon a covered wagon? You just put some well, bows on it and put a tarp yeah, over it. Yeah, the cover. Yeah. You know? So let's like, so, okay, we're shopping here, Zeb. Okay. okay. So We're immigrants, We're right? immigrants, We're yes. immigrants. Okay. All so right. we're going to look. Here's some. It can be made out of homespun cloth, canvas, cloth treated with linseed oil, uh, none of the half a dozen so materials really shed water or rain that good. Oh, oh. So none of so whatever's inside is going to get wet. It's going to get okay. wet. Yeah. So uh, uh, recommended Zeb by our our local used wagon salesman is a double cover. Okay? okay, a double because they get they get torn. Yeah, I mean they're going through yeah, trees and burning brush. the wagon maker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's flaps. But, uh, you know, a clever seamstress can sew pouches to the inside of the cover for extra storage. So on the inside, you know, um, uh, uh, our wives could of make the... Of the tarp. Yeah, on the oh, tarp, okay. sure. Now, something has to hold the cover in place, and that something is a series of flexible hickory bows or hoops. Now, other wagon parts include the wooden bed or the box. Now, the running gear beneath the box... The running gear includes the wheels, the axles, and something called the hounds. I don't know that. Okay. And a bunch of other stuff that's underneath there holding everything together. Okay. Okay, so let me just describe a hound to those in the know are actually a wooden, often iron-clad brace that helps connect the axle assembly to the wagon tongue. Uh-huh. And I'm still not sure what it is. I'm not either. <laughs> so, and you're supposed to be the expert. I'm the expert. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Now, no one of sound mind and body wanted to ride in the cramped wagon. And so our friendly salesman says the Studebaker wagons uh, to be kind of the best running of the lot. How, how big were they? Well, and we're going to get to that because there's oh, okay. different sizes. Yeah. So the Studebaker boys from South Bend, Indiana, they have introduced steel skeins for easier running. Now, I'm assuming that means the undercarriage. I think so, yeah. This, and, and here's what they say. The skein is a sort of a thimble that fits over the end of the axle. Oh, okay. Over okay, the end of the I axle. I got you. Okay. Yeah. So the reliability of this wagon made it much better than average. So the Studebaker brothers perfected a process whereby the running gear was soaked and boiled in oil to drive out moisture. Now, this reduces the danger of shrinkage and loose wheels. Uh-huh. Uh, the axles are made of durable Indiana black hickory and other hardwoods. Did you ever stop to think that, okay, fine, they were made back in, let's say, Missouri, Indiana, back in that area. They didn't have the trails with the rocks and everything. How did they know they were going to work? You know, I, I, all I can say is they had to, you know, your name was only as good as your product. Yeah. So, but you know, I know I've heard stories of where uh, coming across sometimes as they crossed a, r- a river or a stream, they would stop in the river and let the w- the woods soak up the moisture. So it'd swell up. A yeah, little so it swell up. Yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, these Studebaker guys seem to have a, a pretty good. Uh, I you know. stopped in the middle of a stream on my four wheeler, not by <laughs> wanting to, but I was there for quite some time. Well, you didn't want a, a loose wheel, and yeah. and you know, you've heard that uh, country western song. 
You picked a fine time to leave me loose wheel? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, okay. Good. okay. Uh, I thought that was funny. Anyway, okay, so an aggressive newspaper ad campaign helps spur wagon sales for the Studebaker brothers. Uh, they've met the demand by inventing a drying kiln that dries wood quickly. Now, unlike most wagon ma- ma- makers, they they developed a national sales outlet. They had a brother in St. Joseph, Missouri, that was selling their wagons for what, what year was this? You know, was I'm that not back in the forties, eighteen forties, somewhere in there. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't have an actual date right here, but anyway, now in appearance, the Studebaker retains the beauty of the Conestoga with the upswept ends in the wagon box. However, it is much lighter than the Conestoga, and for those who uh, kind of like to drive the Cadillac of the uh, uh, of the wagons, the name Studebaker is written in yellow on the wagon. Really? You know, so if you're driving through town and they say, hey, there goes a Studebaker. Yeah. Right? And okay. they did that with their cars, too. Yes. <laughs> they didn't run through town a lot of times. <laughs> anyway, you know, Studebakers came uh, as freighters and in many other sizes, actually. So depending on size, they can carry loads up to two tons. Now, for immigrants, a ton and a quarter, pretty much maximum, uh, unless you're carrying some feed. But the smaller vehicles are available for about 160 to $200 plus the cover. Okay, so they were 200 bucks. Yeah. Okay. But we're going to get to how much the whole thing costs okay. to set up. Do we need All a break right here? Sir? No, no. Okay. You're, you're really good, but I'm curious about buying the horses, the harness, All right. the All wagon. Right. Okay, so now we're going to, okay, we talked about the, the, the Studebaker. Let's talk about the Murphy. Okay. Jay Murphy, or the Murphy wagon, is the product of a guy named Joseph Murphy of St. Louis, Missouri. Now, this guy was an Irish immigrant. He started his own firm in 1826, and he produced one of the largest and most dependable freight wagons available. Mm. Now, despite their reputation as freighters, some 20,000 20, Murphys uh, have also been used by immigrants on the Oregon How Trail. many? 20,000. They made 20,000 wagons? wagons? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, one trader, William Sublet, uh, purchased a Murphy wagon for $200 in 1830, and actually his was the first wheeled wagon to arrive in the Rockies. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Okay. So I'm still stuck on 20,000 wagons. Yeah. Well, and I'm thinking, you know, those maybe didn't all necessarily go west. Yeah, but I mean, really, uh, mass production, 20,000 yeah, back in those days, that's yeah. a lot of wagons. Yeah. So in style, the Murphy wagon is kind of a, a cousin of the Conestoga, and but unlike the Conestoga, Mur- Muff- Murphy wagons are custom made. They have no standard design. Wow. So every wagon is different. Is different. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Now, on the road, the Murphy wagon's 8-inch wide wheels, 8-inch wide. Yeah. Wow. Allow it to roll smoothly over the prairie sod. That had to be heavy. Yeah. And because of its size, the freight model required eight oxen to haul it. Now, the wagon box is six feet deep. 
Now, that's just a little over... Uh, we wouldn't be able to look out the side, right, Zeb? No, I mean, I, I'm right at six foot. My goodness, it was that deep inside? Yeah, yeah. And 16 feet in length. Okay, 16 by 6. High. High. Yeah. yeah. Now, and the rear wheels are 7 feet in diameter, made out of white oak or hickory. So you got a, a huge rear tire. Now, did they use a smaller wheel in front? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and the tongue measured 50 feet. 50, 50 feet. feet. That was one heavy dude. <laughs> yes. So the question. You didn't outrun the Indians. No, probably not. Okay, so the question, why was the Murphy wagon uh, reached uh, uh, gigantic proportions? Yeah. Why was it so big? Okay, the, que- the answer is it was a tax dodge. Really? In 1839, the Spanish governor of New Mexico slapped a $500 fee onto each wagon load of American goods brought into his province. Murphy responded by creating jumbo wagons that could haul up to two and a half tons worth of goods, and he made his fortune. Okay, but wait a minute, though. We're talking, how much did that thing weigh? It, it had to be huge if it's going to haul that many tons of. It was six good. feet deep. Yeah, sixteen feet long. Yeah, and had a tongue that was fifty feet long. Yeah, and then it had the eight-inch wide wheels. Yeah, I'm talking. Uh, am I crazy by thinking that had to be well over three thousand pounds? No, I, I'm sure it had to be. You know, but the Murphy wagon actually uh, had the fewest defects of any wagon, and. This is attributed to the fact that they were all custom-made, careful workmanship. Now, Murphy actually used a hot iron to drill bolt holes, and he drills them one size smaller than the bolts. Okay, Now, this keeps the wooden wood from cracking and rotting around the bolt holes. Okay, Now, Murphy also produced a smaller family-type wagon with uh, optional improved beds or shelves. Oh. And that's the ones that... So you could go for a Sunday drive. Yeah, those were the ones that came west. I see. The others were freighters. How big were they? Uh, it doesn't... I think we may get to it. We'll see here. Okay. But they were obviously smaller. Now, the Espenshide wagon yeah. was made by a guy named Louis Espenshide of St. Louis and was popular with the Army during the war between the states. And they are also known as U.S. wagons because of the markings on the side. So the U.S. wagons, they were high boxed. Uh, they looked much bigger than they actually were. And if you just can't bear to leave everything behind, the Espenshide might be the wagon of choice if you've got a whole bunch of stuff you want to take. Really? Now, that's interesting, because what could they take? Well, you know what? I've got a list of I'll stuff. I'll bet you do. <laughs> do. You know? Now... And actually, the Espenshide, a freight model, will hold up to three and a half tons worth of goods. And, three and a half how tons. many oxen did it take to pull that dude? A bunch. A, a bunch. Be- yeah. A rawhide. Yes. <laughs> so, the Conestoga wagon is in a kind of a class by itself. Uh, its origins are unclear, but it appears to be a cross between a two-wheeled German cart yeah. And the English road wagon of the 1700s. Wow. And it derives its name from Conestoga Creek in southeastern Pennsylvania. And that in turn got its name from the Conestoga Indians who used to be in that area. Why do you think that the term Conestoga wagon was widely accepted as the term for all wagons? I think it just sounds better than Murphy or Espenshide. Yeah, you're right. Or <laughs> I mean, Studebaker. Or Studebaker, yeah. Come on. You don't want a Studebaker wagon. Yeah. I'm sorry. But anyway, um, 
You know, the first known reference to a wagon of this type was in 1717. So a long time ago. Really? And in 1750 through 1850, this was kind of the Conestoga's heyday. Uh, not many Conestogas have made have been used out west since it was designed primarily as a freighter. Uh-huh. So, but these wagons were used mostly in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Maryland, Virginia. And before the coming of the railroad, the Conestogas achieved unheard of speeds of... 12 to 15 miles a day. No kidding. Yeah, wow, they were moving. You could stand in the main street of St. Louis and wave goodbye till your arm fell off. They're still there. Yeah, for two, three days, you know. <laughs> anyway, now, Conestogas are driven from the left-hand side, and that's where the American practice of the driver being on the left. Yeah. Now, the Conestoga is not well... And naturally, they came with a woman sitting on the right on telling the right you where to go. That's right, giving you directions. <laughs> So, but the Conestogas were not well suited for prairie travel. It was so huge. You know, it I wear- mean, if you hit a bump with one of those big yeah. dudes or a gully, wow. Now, here's another kind of not very pleasant part of it. Uh, because the ends of the wagon were angled and way out there, there was no seat for the driver. Whoa, 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 whoa. wait a minute. There was no, no seat, seat for, for the, the driver. driver. So he had to employ, quote, the ankle press. Do you know what that is? I haven't got a clue. He would ride the left wheel animal. He, he would, would ride what? the he would ride the animal on the left side oh. and drive the team. Okay. So No, they don't show that in the movies. No, you don't see a guy sitting on the horse or no. the oxen or the or the mule. Not unless the Indians attacked and they had to jump on one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> anyway, the quality of workmanship is wait, un- wait a minute though. When did they change that and and had the driver's bench, if you will, up on the wagon? Well, I think that was on like the Murphys and the Studebakers and oh, the others. Okay. So but the quality of the workmanship is unsurpassed. I mean the Conestogas were great as far as workmanship. Yeah. And popular opinion has that the Conestoga is built with a removable boat-shaped box so it can be caulked and floated across the streams. Really? Don't. Now, here's what our, our salesman is telling us. Okay? Uh, yeah, I'm listening. He says, don't try it unless you are prepared to go down with your ship. I don't like this salesman. <laughs> well, he's being honest. <laughs> don't try to float your Conestoga. Tiny bubbles. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> So it's definitely not seaworthy in an emergency. Really? You know. But, but they crossed a lot of rivers, and how come they didn't lose more wagons? Well, and some of them did actually float a little bit. They could. They could li- what's this little bit stuff? Well, you know, I don't know. No. <laughs> but now the late model Conestogas do have a break of sorts, which is more than can be said for most wagons. When you're going downhill at 30 miles an hour out of yeah. control, do you really think that break's going to do anything? Right. <laughs> Now, if you're short on cash, uh, which both of us are because we're poor, all right, you can soup up a farm wagon, and they are generally sturdy enough for a short haul to the plains or the Rockies. Short haul. Yeah. 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 For about 1,700 miles. Yeah. The cost is low. They have good resale value when you get out west. The immigrant wagon is quite uh, common on the trail and is smaller and faster than the Conestoga. Okay, so like how big? You know. And I don't have the dimensions, but I'm, you, you know, probably, probably what we see in the fair and rodeo parades around here. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't throw big. in maybe just a chest of clothes yeah. and that's it. Yeah. But on the road with an ox team, you can expect about 12 to 15 miles a day. And most of the wagons did not have brakes. So they would, uh, you know, sometimes use a, they uh, called it a uh, 
uh, um, Mormon brake, I think is what they call it. Or they it. jam the wheels. Yeah, or yeah. they uh, uh, rope a log to the back of the the wagon so it doesn't go too far down. Well, there. yeah, I mean, you wouldn't want that guy jamming the wheels to be cross-eyed. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but uh, oh, I know we're getting out of time here, but, you know, some of the uphill climbs were... They had to hook up. How did they do that? They had to hook up, unhook several teams oh, to get you yeah. up there. Okay. Uh, now, cost, you're going to spend $300, $600, covers $8, mule teams, 450 for a six-mule team, 600 for food and supplies, everything you're going to take. We're looking at about 1300 to $1,700. Which would be what today? Oh, Wow. I don't know. Probably if it was seventeen hundred dollars there, you're looking at what? 17, maybe twenty thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one thing our our salesman is telling us. Okay, oh yeah, he's still talking. He's still us. talking. He says, "Beware of fancy paint jobs because they may hide unseasoned wood." So we gotta we gotta watch the paint. We're job. watching him. Yeah. Now, okay, here we go. Here's the usual length yeah. for an immigrant wagon is nine to ten feet. Well, the width of the box about four feet, and approximately five feet of headroom uh, in the wagon. Okay. Now, custom options, you might have uh, steel axles, but, Zeb, we don't want steel axles for one reason. What do you mean, this we, Kimasabi? Yeah, we're going together. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. No, no, I don't know about that. <laughs> anyway, so we don't want steel axles because if it breaks on the way, we don't have any way to repair it. No, you don't have a tree, no, I mean, no. for heaven's sake. No. So, recommendations, uh, you know, we may stick with the Studebaker. Uh, they're durable. They're available. Uh, Murphy wagons are, are good, too. So I'm almost out of time. I know. Uh, Can we do this again next week? Uh, well. We, and, and we'll find out what they put in those things. Yeah, we can. And, and let's talk about the actual wagon and everything else, and what and, they put in there. It, how many wagon trains? Quickly, give me an answer on this. I'm running late. Were actually pulled by horses? Hardly any. That's what I thought. You wanted you wanted mules. Okay, the only reason you wouldn't want mules is because they were more attractive to the Indians. Yeah. If you had oxen, you were slower, yeah. but less attracted by Indians and more sure. And if you had horses, they're gone. Oh, horses. You'd have to carry grain and yeah, feed. Yeah, horses were, you know. So the TV series wagon train, bah humbug. No yeah. oxen, okay, mostly and mules. Okay, I learned a lot. I learned that I don't want to go shopping for a wagon with you. That's what I learned. No, no, <laughs> we we wouldn't make it ten miles out of town. No, luckily, yeah. Anyway, uh, can we carry this on next week? Sure. All yeah. right, Doctor History. God bless you. Good show. I enjoyed this. This All is right. fun.